Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 23 of Gamer Heroes, part of the Heroes Podcast Network. I am Derek, your co-host with my other co-host, John. Yo, what's up? It's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's good It's good to be back this week. Not that not that I wasn't going to be, but it's always uh, an adventure to make it out and, and talk video games with you. Well, we, we get to do this one in person, face-to-face, right, right. which we this don't get really to do. Good very often. I think this is only our third episode that's face-to-face, maybe? Third or fourth? Yeah. Uh, 23, so... It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it is good. That's um, pretty good. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of different news stuff. We got Overwatch news, Mario Odyssey news, Halo news, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but first, so I know you're moving, so you haven't played a lot of games recently. Yeah, yeah, no, moving and uh, living on the floor of your mother-in-law's house makes it very difficult. <laughs> I had some house issues, if you guys are listening, and, uh... But that's so, what the DS is for. I mean, yeah. and the Switch, <laughs> and, the, and Switch, the Switch, so I, I guess I have no more excuses. Um, but no, I haven't had a chance to play much, um, but I, I will dive in, I'll just dive in, like, um, now that I have more time, I'm gonna probably be playing Zelda more, and there are some incentives for playing Zelda at this current moment, because they have the new DLC. Right, and we talked a little bit about that after, uh, E3, and uh, I haven't purchased it yet because I still haven't beat the game. Oh, same so. here. Like, I haven't even got to the, like, first Divine Beast. I'm on my way. You're way. <laughs> so, so I just did over the weekend. So it was 4th of July weekend. Yeah. And I took Monday off as my game, my personal game day. And I had two goals. Beat Gears of War 4, finally. You did. And <laughs> beat the third Divine Beast in Breath of the Wild. And I did both of those things. That's pretty sweet. Which makes me very, very happy. Um... Accomplished. He he put that on his Facebook. A feeling accomplished. <laughs> I did. Feeling accomplished. Well, you know those were, those were big for me. Uh, Gears of War Four marks the sixth game in 2017 that I beat, which doubles my number from all of last year <laughs> at the halfway point. So I feel pretty good about that. So, so let me ask you this: We're we're going to talk about that and dive back into Zelda. Um, so now that you've played all of the Gears of War games, yeah. overall, what is your opinion on the Gears of War franchise? Well, as a quick little kind of asterisk, I did not play Judgment Day, which is the prequel, Oh yeah, uh, where you follow Baird and Cole on Emergence Day. I didn't play that one. That yet. was a side one that came yeah. out, right? That was on the, available in the shop? Um, yeah, I don't think there was ever a physical version of that one. It was a And they may have later download, made a but... physical version of it. I don't recall seeing a physical version, but I got the digital one because I got the codes before. Uh, I'll probably go back and play it when my to-do list is a little bit shorter because it's not one of the main line games. Mm -hmm. I will say that Gears 4, so for those who don't know, I'm I'm not going super spoilery here or anything, but Gears 4 starts a new trilogy. And uh, that was the plan going into Gears 4 is that there was going to be 4, 5, and 6 as a trilogy. 
And 4 definitely has a cliffhanger. I mean, that game ends almost mid-sentence. It's almost like a Sopranos (laughs) kind of ending. Not quite. It's not that bad. And you know that there's going to be another one, so it's it's not, you know, a problem. It's more of like when Halo 2 ends, and, you know, spoiler warning for Halo 2, but when Halo 2 ends, you know that Halo 3 is happening, and it's going to be on the next-gen console, so that was like a giant fuck moment for me. (laughs) Because I beat Halo 2 on my original yeah. Xbox, and I'm playing it in ends, and I'm like, shit, I gotta get an Xbox 360 now. Uh, of course, the 360 wasn't out yet at the time, but Xbox but, 2, but whatever it was. It was <laughs> but it was uh, later that year. Right. For the holiday season. So I knew that was gonna be, I was gonna be you know, having to get that. And this, this doesn't have that same effect, because we know that Gears 5 is planned to be an Xbox One title. So it's not the same kind of thing, but it's a huge cliffhanger. Two Gears Two is definitely the weakest of the games, like no question about it. I played the first, the first one and the second one, and a little bit of the third. Again, if you guys didn't know, I'm a Sony person, not necessarily Microsoft. I did play. I had a, I had a 360, and I played a lot of games for it, specifically Halo. But um, yeah, two was really bad. Two's really bad. I mean, there's some cool new weapons. Not a lot, but. You just get the old rifle, really. Well, you get to use the Hammer of Dawn a little bit more. You do use that that's a little very, bit more. That's, that's like true. a really big part of the game is the Hammer yeah, of Dawn. There's a lot of Hammer of Dawn. Every time you come across it, you kind of think, am I supposed to pick that up Exactly. Now? No, that's exactly what you think. Because that, That's part of the reason why I thought the game was not as good is because they overused that. Because like in the first game, you, it was a rare occurrence when you fought something huge. Well, the problem is that you can only carry uh, two two-handed weapons yeah, unless it's something that puts you in a third-person mode, like, like uh, um, the, the Gatling gun, gun, the vulture, the vulture. Right, right. And uh, the, the hammer of dawn is just another two-handed weapon, and so I never want to really give up one of my weapons for something I may have to use because you're only using the hammer of dawn in very specific situations. So I never wanted to give up my Nasher or, or, you know, my long shot, whatever my backup weapon was uh, for, for the Hammer of Dawn. Uh, so that was a problem in 2. 3 and 4 are much, much better games than 2. Uh, I would venture to say that 4 is more interesting than the other 3. Huh. Yeah, of course, you know, I mean, it's, it's backed up by the trilogy, right? Yeah. Because it takes place in the future, you're actually playing Phoenix's son... Um, you know, Phoenix is in the game, but he's older and gray and that kind of thing. So that wouldn't be as interesting if you didn't know the history. Yeah, yeah. Before it was really good. It's a beautiful game. The graphics are great. Uh, even, you know, not just the cutscenes. The actual gameplay graphics are really, really good. And the story is really interesting. I'm very curious to see where it goes. I'm glad that there's going to be more, uh, which was certainly not the case after I finished Gears 2. So they've, they've really kind of saved the franchise from that game. So overall, as a franchise, you'd, you'd, what would you rate it? Just four, or the franchise Just, like in general? You've played it all four. I have, so yeah. The main main series in the franchise, what, what would you rate the entire franchise so far? Um, I, Expression I, is mine. So yeah, I, mean, I, I would probably give the whole franchise like a B-, minus um, because it's got some good elements in it, yeah. and it's got some cool mechanics. But a lot of the dialogue, especially in the first three games... It's just not great. It's very cheesy. Seems out of place at times. Some of the stuff is very forced, um, and uh, the 
kind of what you, how specific you need to be when you're trying to go up against a wall, for example, or pick up an item or activate the doors. Exactly. Not as forgiving as and I would like it to be. You have to that exact spot yeah. for, you, for that um, to icon to come up. And it's one thing if that's like aiming for headshots and stuff like that. That's yeah. fine. But if I just have to open a door to start the next sequence, <laughs> I don't want to have to just like line it up absolutely perfectly. perfectly. In the middle. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and if I'm trying to, you know, headshot somebody, obviously that's different, especially yeah. in multiplayer. But when you know there's a cutscene coming and I just gotta get this stupid door open, <laughs> it's just kind of annoying if I run up to it and I miss the mark. I got too close to the door. That happens right, a lot right. where you get too close to the object to interact with it, which seems silly. Um, for the fourth game fixes a lot of that. It really does, and maybe that has to do with the pure HD graphics um, that the first three, you know, don't quite have. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a good franchise. If you like Halo, if you like Call of Duty, if you enjoy first-person shooters, um, you'll like it. I know it's a third-person kind of game, and uh, it's got some really great components to that. You know, the way you can use cover is really interesting. The way you can even pick up, like, the dead bodies and use them as a shield. And That's pretty cool. The way you can interact with the world is great. It is on rails, though, which is the case for most shooters. Right. But there's no freedom. There really isn't. You are on rails, except for once in a blue moon where they'll tell you, do you want to go left or do you want to go right? And you get to pick. And, I mean, that's fine. And it's interesting because um, you can kind of make little decisions. I wouldn't call it choose your own adventure or anything no, like no, that. No. but. They do try to throw a little bit of freedom in there, and uh, I'd like to see more of that to kind of have, instead of the, the corridors really being on rails, maybe opening it up a little bit. I don't need an open world Gears game, but just a little more freedom to interact right, with right. things would be nice. That's fair. So I, I think that's a good, for those who play it, who are uh, obsessed with the series, you know, that's, I think that's a pretty fair rating. So back to Zelda. I'm going to switch paces right, again. Right, Zelda. So, switch. Literally, literally, um... Yeah, so you say you had a, you had a chance to play beat the third divine beast. I did. Yes, the, the third divine beast, which is the camel. Um, <laughs> Such a beast. For those keeping score at home, there's a, there's a, an elephant, there's a lizard, there's a camel, and I've, I've kept all of my spoilers away, so I don't know what the fourth <laughs> one is yet. I'm trying not to find out until I get there. Uh, but this one was tough. So this is the one where uh, it's out in the desert. And you have to get into the city, and the city does not allow men into the city. And of course, Link, oh, Link is a male. This one, I, so, I've heard about it. I haven't, I haven't quite played it. Yeah, and so this goes along with the, uh, the the images you may have seen on the internet where Link is cross dressing. Yep. So you have to figure out how to do that uh, first, which was a little bit of a challenge, uh, just because it's not super overt. But um, it's it's a really good challenge to, to beat this divine beast you know um for those who haven't played these dungeons yet that you have to interact with them they're puzzles and you have to move the pieces of the beast to get to certain areas to right. unlock these things and they're they've all been different so far and the camel has these three rotations inside of the body and they line up and can send power to certain areas of the beast hmm. to cause other things to move and change which is cool so like one wall has to spin in order for you to get to certain areas, and that they have to be lined up a certain way to do that. Gotcha. There's some cool things like that that made it really, uh, really challenging. This was probably the hardest one from a puzzle perspective. And then when you're fighting the the Ganon at the, at the end of that that divine beast, it's really difficult. He's all up in your face, whereas the first two really stay away from you. 
He's all up in your face. He moves around very quick. There's lightning and other electricity involved. Uh, I had a really tough time taking this one down uh, until you kind of just learn what his three phases are. And there are three phases, and they're very different. But it was really rewarding to, to finish that up yeah. and, and kind of move on. So I'm getting ready for the fourth one. I need a couple more hearts before I can get the Master Sword. Because yeah. uh, basically, I, I worked it out, you need 13 hearts to be able to pull the Master Sword out of the ground uh, in the Forbidden Forest, or the, uh, the Lost Forest, and um, I only have 11, so i got to get, get oh, a couple more Oh, you're right there. So i got to get some more temples, some more shrines, excuse me, some right, more shrines, right. and then, you know. But uh, it's, I mean, you know, I'm still just really enjoying the game. It's a beautiful game. It's a lot of fun. So so that's that, man. That's that's all I've been playing are those two games the last couple of weeks. So let's let's move on to news. Let's switch pace. All right. Yeah. So we've got some Halo news. We've got a little bit of Mario Odyssey news. And then, of course, Doomfist It's a bit of big news today, actually. Uh, so let's get the little stuff. Let's just finish with Nintendo yeah, and, yeah. and move on. So, Mario Odyssey is coming out in November, and it has been announced today that, uh, not necessarily, not specifically today, it was confirmed today, right, right. that Mario Odyssey does not have a game over. See, I, 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 uh, my first question was to Derek, why is this a big deal? <laughs> now explain to me and the, the listeners why well, this is a big deal. It's a big deal because... Mario always has a game over. Uh, you have a certain number of lives, and once those lives are depleted, you get a game over and you have to start back at a certain point. Lots of games have that. Gears has that. Zelda yeah. has that. Halo has that. All the big games who have a, an avatar that you're playing have that in some way. And you, know, you have the ability to regain health or regain lives or power-ups, depending on the game. This time it's totally different. So... Here's some my initial thought is because this is an open world type game, um, doesn't it make sense to not have a game over and it's more just save points, save spots? I mean, yes, custom save spots too, to be to be exact. But even even um, Mario sixty four had a game over. Hmm. I, I just imagine this one's that much bigger though. It is a lot bigger. So basically, this one is going to be very coin driven, which is a bit of a change of pace for some of the open-world Mario games. You know, Mario 64 had coins, but all they did was refill your health bar. Once you had a full health bar or, or air bar, um, you know, they didn't really do anything for you. But in this one, those are going to be really important. You're going to collect those, and every time you die, you'll lose 10 coins, and then you'll start back over at the next checkpoint, which is going to be very different than a level checkpoint you can think of in, say, like Super Mario World. Right. Or the other platformers. This is a, a different kind of checkpoint because it's an open world game. Now, yeah, if you have fewer than 10 coins, that means you're going to go down to zero coins and you're going to start back over at the last checkpoint. There are no one-ups. There are no extra lives. There are no game overs. It's just you keep playing. And you know the idea is really that you never leave the action. That you never leave the game. You keep playing the game. Whereas... You know, a game over, like in Zelda Breath of the Wild, a game over takes a long time to to kind of... Depending on where you were. To reload. Right. Just even the reload speed is, yeah. is kind of a big deal when you die. And Gears, Gears of War is the same way, actually. So this is kind of nice to ha just have it reset you and you keep going just after losing some coins. I think we'll give players a lot more freedom to take chances. 
in the game, chances that they wouldn't normally take. And since these moon pieces are just all over the place in the strangest locations, uh, that you're going to need to take chances in order to find everything. So the, from what you're describing to me, that sounds like more like kind of like a, a minor incentive. Like, hey guys, we're not going to penalize you for you know trying to jump over this building when he's in New York. Try to jump over right. this building and fly to this ridiculous location to get this piece because if you fall, we're not going to hurt. We're not going to make you start over. Exactly. I think that's so, really the point. Is yeah. you're you're able to take more chances because death is not as significant in the game as it used to be. So my question is for co-op: mm-hmm. if one dies, is there a waiting period for you to respond or? That's a good question. you continue until you reach the next checkpoint? You know, I don't know. That's a really good question. We don't know exactly how the Cappy-Mario relationship right. works. <laughs> I'm very... So, I that's a good question. I want more details on that, particularly, because like, the, the, lo- the local co-op, um, we're going to have a topic on local co-op specifically in its comeback. Um, local co-op is a huge deal to me, and the fact that they're even including this is a huge deal. So I, I yeah. imagine that there is going to be... Hopefully a bunch of new details coming out as we get closer. I certainly expect it. And uh, yeah, so we are going to be doing an episode on local co-op games next week. So episode 24 will be all about local co-op games. Um, I I think that in this case, Nintendo's goal is to make the game as immersive and continuous as possible. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they handle that. But I know they don't really want you to have to leave the action. They want you to stay in that world doing things. They want you to explore everything. So, for example, uh, and I believe it was Kotaku that actually showed this uh, earlier today. But one of the moons is hidden inside a dude who's just sitting on a, on a bench. <laughs> oh, my God. He's just sitting on, like, a bus bench across on a street. That's crazy. And if you talk to him and have a conversation with him like a nice human being, he... He's really uh, happy about it and thankful, and he gives you a moon piece. And wow. so, you know, they want you to look at everything. In Interact, this game. yeah, for sure. And it's harder to do that if you're really worried about how much damage you're going to take and, and how much of the lo- level you're going to lose. So I think this relieves a lot of that. So it sounds like a good move. Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's different. It's but... different. But that's what Nintendo does. You know, we, we can talk all day about how they go back to the well with Mario and, and things like that. But they always bring in something different, something new yeah. that challenges the previous the pre- previous status quo of, of that franchise or that environment. And they do it with consoles too. You know, the GameCube ads took some strange chances, as did the Wii. And the Wii U you know, took some chances that didn't really go over well. But they didn't step back from that. No. You know, whereas Sony and Microsoft have become very conservative when it comes to their their strategy. It's, we're going to make a box, and that box is going to be really <laughs> powerful, and it's going to output really good graphics. And that's it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what it's going to do. Like, we're, like, Sony took the simplistic approach. They're like, our, our store is going to be simple. We're going to use Bluetooth. We're not doing anything crazy. Right. You know, like, there's no proprietary... Uh, wireless system no, it's, it's just all very standard simple. stuff and then nintendo's in the other line going but check out this crazy shit and they've got neon joy cons yeah. and things that you know the switch with a docking station and all this crazy but, crap but so. for some reason well not for some reason they're marketing geniuses that is so different and crazy that it catches your attention and people want to buy these things yeah what 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 is one what is part of the the most fun of having a switch is 
getting all these cool accessories <laughs> for the Switch. Yeah, they're definitely better accessories than the Wii accessories, all the plastic things that you could get, like yeah. the, the little golf club and, and everything for your Wii remote. I, that was so, gimmicky to that me. Was gimmicky. Like, I, I thought, tried it once for the the tennis, and I'm like, this yeah, is terrible. terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't. I did not mind the steering wheel for Mario Kart. I never tried the. That steering wasn't wheel. bad. I actually enjoyed that. Uh, to a I certain just played extent. like a controller. So, yeah, yeah. But the Wii brought in motion controls with the Wii Remote, yeah. and so if you know everybody was okay with that, you could do it. And it actually was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Kart Wii, but but anyway, you know, I guess it remains to be seen exactly how you know to your point the Cappy Mario relationship will work if that's one life tied together. Um, or whatnot, I guess we'll have to see. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I just want to know more about that local co-op. That's, <laughs> that's really... Um, well, and then on other on other Nintendo news, Splatoon 2 has announced, um, actually confirmed a lot of their, I don't know, cool Feature new stuff. stuff. Yeah, features. Yeah. Um, personally, you you played the test fire, so you, you had already an opinion and on the show, I forgot what episode it was, number seven or eight. It was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, you, you told us what your, your thoughts were, and they weren't very great. Um, no, no, <laughs> they, they were really positive, except for the controller scheme, and uh, apparently I missed this, because the test fire is very time-sensitive, but I guess you could turn it off, um, but by default it had motion controls. Well, they actually adjusted so. those, that's part of, part oh, of okay. the new features. Um, so I'll just kind of go through the list here, and... Um, it's all things that we kind of expect out of a new game, new gear that give you certain abilities, new maps. Something I thought that was kind of cool here is they're calling, they're doing something called Splatnet, okay. which is where it's uh, a service that connects to your mobile device that basically like um, Blizzard's app mm-hmm. where you can see your stats and your friends and stuff like that. Um, this is some, something very similar to that. It actually lets you um, see stage schedules. So sometimes they'll do like test test runs for new stages, or I guess there's a queue now. Okay. So a specific stage comes up and you want to jump in that queue. You can see it on your phone. It'll sh- it'll let you manage your your gear and stats. So I wonder how cool. well this is going to integrate with the actual Switch app. For the online play. It's supposed to be working with Nintendo Switch Online. So okay. it's supposed to be an app, a mobile app, that, as a matter of fact, it's supposed to be launching on July 21st. So this so this will be the big test for the Switch's online capabilities. Absolutely. And, and whether or not they're legit. So. so you're using your mobile, this mobile app to invite friends to... Um, play the game with you, which is a little weird, too. Yeah, it's how you queue up with each other. Uh, they, they did talk about that quite a bit. Basically, the ro- anything that would be robust functionality for the online interactions will run through the app, um, taking a lot of the load off of the console. And we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, because what we're doing is... Yeah, we're using another device to run all these things, but yeah. at the same time, do I really want to have four devices hooked up so I can play one simple game? Well, that's that's the problem. I think that like you know we're adults; we have our own cell uh, cell phones because we don't have home phones anymore. What if you don't have connection and, either? And that's that's cool. But what about kids? Like this is supposed to be a very kid friendly console, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of kids who are young playing these games don't have their own phones. And then they got to use their parents' phones, and what happens if you get a, a call during gameplay and things like that? 
uh, a lot remains to be seen. So this will be the big test with Splatoon 2 since it's a mainly online multiplayer experience. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, and I mean, there's other features like um, they're going to release a series of uh, amiibos for it, right? Which is which is I expect that out of Nintendo because uh, the amiibos are really good draw for some people. Um, but it looks like you can do obviously special abilities. You can name the amiibos. You can assign amiibos. Um, so just a lot of new battle. They explained okay. a lot of their new battle t- battle modes. So. These are things we expect, especially when the game is coming out in, I don't know, 15, 16 days. Right. So, so weird little fact. Amiibo is also plural. There's no S when you're talking about multiple Amiibo. Okay. So, Good to know. Yeah. That's a weird little quirk about <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so the proper way to say it would just be Amiibo. Yeah. So like I, I have about 20 different Amiibo. Okay. Would, be, would be grammatically correct. Um. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I hate grammar, so it's a weird thing. It's a Nintendo thing, but uh, but yeah. So and with you know, that's just a weird thing there. So all right. Well, I think that's it mainly for Nintendo. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about Overwatch. So real quick, why don't yes. we jump into Halo and talk about what's going on uh, from Three Four Three Industries. Um, basically, guys, we didn't hear anything about Halo at E3. The, nope. The franchise wasn't even discussed. There were no logos. There wasn't a, a trailer, no teaser for Halo 6, nothing. So uh, we got today, and 343 was basically saying that they just didn't feel that they could meet the E3 timeline, and that's totally fine. I'm a big fan of waiting until you're confident and ready rather than saying stuff you have to backtrack later. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, but... Halo 5 uh, will have a 4K upgrade for the Xbox One X uh, once that comes out in November. So, uh, as they've said, kind of the pitch for the X is that it uh, plays everything in 4K with all the eight teraflops. and Oh, yeah, all about the teraflops. um, (laughs) And they will have some games, depending on the developer, will be uh, able to upgrade the 4K. Now, here's what that means. All of the assets, the 4K assets, so the 4K sound, the 4K graphics, colors and textures and all of that are actually out in the cloud. And then you have to download that stuff to your X in order to get that 4K ability. So they're doing... So that raises a question is that what they're what they're doing for all backwards compatibility games so they so basically they're not they're not even calling it backwards compatibility because in their mind the Xbox 1 the Xbox 1 S and the Xbox 1 X are all the same generation of console so for them any game that is an Xbox 1 title will play on all three of those different consoles but differently as well but differently so here's the reason this, this asset thing is important is that um, you, if you buy an Xbox One X and you play Halo 5 online with me on my S, I will be using a different set of assets than you will if you install the 4K upgrade. So the problem, we, we kind of touched on this, the problem I have with that is your experience is obviously not as good as mine, but will you be limiting me? To 60 frames per second. Well, I'll be limiting you to 30. 30, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll be limiting You're you to You're going to be reducing me from yes. 60 frames to 30 so that I can play with you. You yes. have to do it that way. To and so I think that the X is going to see its biggest advantages on single player and local co-op stuff. 
And um, because you're going to get pure local co-op 30 frames per second easily, and you're going to get 60 frames per second single player on a lot of For shirts. Sure. And I think that's going to be its big advantage, which for me is a good thing because I mainly play campaigns. I'm not a big multiplayer guy when it comes to games like Halo and Call of Duty. I don't really go for that. But um, but for those games, yeah. that is the appeal. That's the what they're appeal. known for. Yeah, yeah, that's the appeal. So that that's actually... It's going to you. That's kind of a, a, a doubt. Why am I paying you all this money? Well, you're going to get the 4K resolution, and that's their big push. Now, I'm not making a judgment call on this. I'm just giving you the facts. So I can get that on the S. You cannot. The S plays 4K Blu-rays, but does not game in 4K. It can stream in 4K video, but it does not game in 4K. The Xbox One X does everything in 4K. Um, so if you have a 4K TV, which of course not everybody does, but if you do, right. and it is a large enough TV, and that is important, there's a great CNET article out there about the math behind it, but basically the average American... Uh, sits nine feet from their TV, uh, United States person, sits uh, nine feet away from their TV. And if you assume that you have 180 degrees of vision, which is not really true, we have actually have more than that, but just bear with me for numbers, you would need a TV that is at a minimum 55 inches for you to see the pixel difference between a 1080p Blu-ray and a 4K Blu-ray. So what that means is, is that if you've got your 32-inch or 42-inch 4K TV, <laughs> and you're sitting nine feet or more away from the TV, you will not see a difference between a 4K Blu-ray and a 1080p Blu-ray. Is that only at the distance? So if I move closer, I'd see it? If you move closer, you'll see it. It has, to Just do, asking. it has to do with your eyes being able to differentiate the pixels. Right. Right. And there comes, a, there comes a point where your eye is only so good, it can only differentiate things that are so small. Uh, the closer you move to something, the larger it appears, right? Right. So um, pixels are pixels, and a pixel is a certain size. And when you take a let's, – let's just go with a 55-inch TV. If you take a 55-inch TV and you put a 4K next to a 1080p, the 4K has about – actually a little bit more than four times the number of pixels. Right. So since you have the same TV, every inch has about four times as many pixels in it as the 1080p TV. Um so if you sit close enough, yeah, you'll see a difference. And if you have a big enough TV, if you've got a 75 or an 80-inch TV, you'll see a difference. If you watch 3D, you'll see a huge difference. Because right, that's the main appeal. That's the big thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. If you love 3D, then you should do the upgrade. But they're pushing that 3D thing, and both of us here own a 3D TV. How many times have you used it? I haven't used it <laughs> in 3D in at three least three times years. for me. I used it for Ever. a while. I really Ever. did. But... Um, you know, it was kind of a pain to sync the glasses every time and stuff like that. So I'm sure I've, the newer tech is better. I have the cinema one, which is those. Basically, I can go to the movie theater, steal their glasses, and put them oh, on okay. and wear them at home. So Samsung, which is what I have, it's all built into the glasses. So they have it batteries. Shutter there. And, yeah, yeah. They have the shutter and all that. The shutter's in the TV on my... I have an LG. And, uh, so, yeah, so you again, get, I've only used it three times. <laughs> see, if I had that, I'd probably use it more, though, because for me, I always have to get batteries, and the batteries die, and then... It's still glass. We yeah. both wear glasses. You're still yeah. wearing glasses over your glasses, and it's sure. annoying. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. let's get back to... Uh, All right, so, so Halo 5 will be 4K compatible yeah. on the X, which is big. And then, this is my favorite part. This I'm very excited about. This is the best about. part, yeah. Halo Anniversary Edition, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, and Halo 4 are all coming to Xbox One backwards compatibility, 
which is huge because I own all of these games. And I will be able to play all of them again without uh, having to purchase them again or, or anything like that. Uh, I thought it was weird that Halo 2 was left off the list. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was odd. It went to the original, um, which, I mean, he, t- 2 was fun for a lot of reasons. because 2 was my least yield. favorite game. I dual yield, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I think clearly the... And it comes uh, out here is ODST is one of my favorite ones. Now, this is a quote from 343. Uh, Every Xbox 360 Halo add-on map pack in the Xbox store will be made available for free if you are using the backwards compatibility. So that's great for me because I never had access to those things. That's cool. Uh, So that'll be cool. That's very cool. So it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, But that's pretty much it from the Microsoft world. Of course, Crash Bandicoot came out, so I've been playing that on the Sony side. So Jealous? I'm very jealous. How it's awesome is it? It's really great. It's insane, um, right? Insane. It's a difficult game, and apparently reports are that they actually made it a little bit harder to play. Okay. Less forgiving of a game, um, but it's a lot of fun. So so I need to get it. You should get it. Well, I was It's only 40 it. bucks. I'm living so, out of a suitcase, people. I know, I know you're How right. do I play? I know, I'm sorry. Switch is the only thing I can do right now. <laughs> Alright, man, so before we run out of time here, because we're already at the half-hour mark, let's talk Overwatch and the introduction of Doomfist. I just need to say this and get it off my chest. What the fuck, Terry Crews? You're supposed to nail that inter- that audition. I we, don't know, we don't know who's decision looks like Terry Crews. We don't know why it happened this way. So first off, if you want to see some gameplay, our buddy Ryan, co-host on the Screen Heroes sure podcast... Did has already streamed some gameplay inside of the PTR. So you can go out and watch that at Heroes Podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. So go check that out. But let's let's talk about this guy. He's got three stars on difficulty on the main uh, playoverwatch.com website. And, I mean, his name is Doomfist. Basically, all of his abilities have to do with punching stuff. He should be badass. He's considered an offensive character. So he's going to go in the ranks of Tracer, Reaper, Farah. Um, I'm just going to read the little synopsis that they have for his overview. Doomfist's cybernetics make him a highly mobile, powerful frontline fighter. In addition to dealing ranged damage with his hand cannon, Doomfist can slam the ground, knock enemies into the air, and off balance, or charge into the fray with his rocket punch. When facing a tightly packed group, Doomfist leaps out of view, then crashes down to earth with a spectacular meteor strike. So uh, those are just, they're also including the names of some of his moves in there, which include Hand Cannon, Seismic Slam, Rising Uppercut, Rocket Punch, and Meteor Strike. Um, He also has something called the Best Defense, which allows him to generate a temporary shield um, for himself when he's uh, getting hit. So yeah, I mean, he's a cool looking character. Uh, He's got the big fist with the gauntlet on it that you'd see in the original trailer for the game. What do you think? I personally am a... I play tanks more often. I play D.Va. I play Orisa sometimes. Um, but, I mean... You're a big Junkrat. I'll probably... I do play Junkrat a lot, but he's, <laughs> he's very good defensively. For me, he's a defensive character. And um, I'm not a really big offensive player, so I don't really like to run in there. I'm, I'm more of a... I'll hang back and watch the point. I see how it is. <laughs> but, but... um. His abilities, I, I'm cool. I'm glad that he has a ranged attack. Number one, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Number two, I want to know, I haven't had a chance to, to watch our video yet. I watched the first five minutes, first couple minutes maybe. Um, what's his alt like? Well, I mean, it's it's basically the, the meteor strike. So he shoots up in the air and then comes like smashing down on everybody, dealing a ton of damage. So it's, it's an AoE uh, aerial strike right. kind of thing, which means that... If you're somebody like Farah or D.Va who can get into the air, you're going to avoid it. You'll probably be fine, yeah. Uh, now, I don't know. i got to look into it a little bit more. I don't know if that damage goes up as well as out. See, that's the thing. Because D.Va's ultimate does. And she explodes. Yeah. You know, if you're in the air, it can still hit you. I don't know if Doomfist's Meteor Strike is the same same way. I'll have to play it out. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a big kind of... It's very similar to D.Va's. And the way that it functions in that. You don't have to specifically hit somebody. They just have to be within that range. It, But that's more on the ground, though. So that's, yes. the, part, that's the part that's limiting. So, in your... What do you think? I mean, you you play more offensive characters than I do. He I plays do. Tracer. I, I do. do. I play Tracer. I play Reaper. I play Farah. Uh, those are my three offensive that I play. And then I'm... Um, uh, a little bit of diva, and then primarily mercy because nobody ever wants to do support. <laughs> so you know what? I'll keep you all alive, you fuckers. But uh, that's fine. You know, um, I, I'm really excited to have another offensive character because I'm not great with the offensive characters. It's it's something that uh, I need a little bit of work on because my aim is not the best in the world. Which is why I work well with uh, Tracer and Reaper and Farrah. It sounds like you just need to get close to them with Doomfist and just start swinging, like kind of well, like not, a Reinhardt type thing. I mean, yeah, but his hand cannon is a short range burst. Right. It's like a shotgun, you know, kind of thing. So again, you don't have to have the greatest aim in the world like you do with somebody like Widowmaker. You right. know, um, you can be a little bit more uh, off base. There's a little more forgiveness in that weapon. Um, all of his stuff really has to do with, with the, that type of thing, where it's a little bit more of a wind-up, he's a little more of a boxing character, right. you know, he's got his rocket punch, he's got his uppercut. Um, I think it'll be a nice change of pace from the rest of the uh, the offensive characters. I'm surprised that they went with an offensive character next. Uh, I'm not surprised that it's Doomfist, but we already have a good number of offensive characters, so I was kind of expecting something else. So soon is what surprised me as well. Well, they've been working on this guy for a really long time. They have, but like they've kept it pretty well under wraps, and they've put on. I, I know they've put a few teasers out there with the posters and all that other stuff. The damages on the maps that popped up out of nowhere one time when they did an update. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand. He, there's little clues there, but honestly, we I kind of expected this more to be, uh, since we just got Arissa right. a couple months ago, uh, I expected this to be more of an end-of-the-summer-fall release. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that he came out so close to Arissa, but right. he still missed the anniversary event. Uh, maybe that's why. You know, maybe it is, but you know, they missed the anniversary event with, with Doomfist, and I'm sure that that's also on purpose. Yeah, because there's a lot of other stuff that they did during the anniversary event. But at the same time, you know, I feel like they want to keep adding content. You know, we got the new, we got the new map. There's the lunar map now. And well, let's talk about that animated short with Doomfist. Are you guys, I didn't get a chance to watch it because oh we like my came God. straight here from my Dude, job. So, so Justice League War, remember that? 
like the Justice yeah. League type films. Uh-huh. It's like that, but with them, <laughs> but with all the Overwatch characters. It's, it's insanely good. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you well, off. But no, it's insanely you're good. good. You're not. Cut, yeah. But we're talking about content, and it's like. Yeah. So you drop this cool ass character, and then you're like, you know what? We also made a high budget, really cool animated short to go with that. It's really good, guys. I suggest YouTubing it right now if you haven't seen it. Lore in Overwatch is a huge thing. It's why everybody wants to... Not everybody, of course. A lot of people want to see a a cartoon or a comic book or a solo campaign with a story, uh, which is what I personally would, would prefer out of those three options. And it's because they do this. I mean, when the game was announced, they showed what essentially looked like a short Pixar movie. Yeah, you know, it was amazing, and it left all of us sitting there stunned. We're like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and, you know, and ever since they've done it, they've, they've created these great little cinematics, introducing the characters. I mean, if you watch the origin of Winston, and it doesn't tug at your your heartstrings even a little bit, then you're dead inside, and go play something else. So they they do this, and they've been building inside the maps, little stuff that. Me, as somebody who's not a, a great player, never gets to notice because I'm so busy trying not to die and, and, and things like that. Uh, <laughs> or keeping us alive. Or keeping you guys alive, yeah. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there. You know, like they had the damage, um, you know, uh, in the wall because of Doomfist. Right. It's in there, you right. know. Um, and they actually added that in an update that wasn't there originally. They've done, that was kind of cool. They've added some other stuff, too, yeah. to, to create more of the lore for Doomfist. And I, I like that... They want to expand on that. They want to create this interconnected universe, and they want to show it in different ways. They get different artists. These guys did it in an anime style. It wasn't uh, pure CGI. I loved it. You know, and it's beautiful. It's really cool that you can see. And if you look out just at fan art, forget the official stuff for a minute. Overwatch characters have been rendered in so many different types of art, so many genres, and they all look wonderful. You know, oh, yeah. you know, you've seen hand-drawn stuff, you've seen uh, anime versus Western, you've seen CGI, you've seen sketches, everything, and it all looks great. Little cartoony stuff, comic booky stuff, and um, some hyper-realistic stuff. Hey, they, they, uh, they created characters that are translatable across all mediums, truly. It's really so, awesome. It's, it's cool stuff, and... Uh, yeah, so you know a little bit on on Doomfist for those who don't know, he's he's kind of a big bad uh, in in the universe, which is why I was a little surprised at uh, early on in the conversations that they were going to make him playable because he's kind of on a different level from the others. Right, he's like Thanos, but it turns out <laughs> you know that there this is actually the third person to be Doomfist, right? To have that mantle. And so that makes it a little more interesting because you realize then that it's not it's not Thanos like so it really is a gaunt- infinity gauntlet. <laughs> well, like, except that you know Doomfist isn't like Thanos. Doomfist is more of a title that's earned, right? You know that uh, somebody. Gets. So how many villages do you have to destroy? Uh, Arissa's yeah. Arissa's village is the the young lady that created Arissa. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's tied to her directly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I really hope that. Blizzard's working on something. I know that there were plans to do a comic book with uh, Dark Horse, I believe. Uh, If not Dark Horse, then it was IDW. And um, I want to see that. I want to see more shorts. I want to see a campaign uh, where, you know, maybe you play as different characters, like an ODST from Halo, you know, where you move around as different characters to fit together the story. But uh, Doofus is out there. So he's in the PTR. Right now, which uh, as of like today, today being Thursday, July 6th, 
So I don't know when he's going to be available publicly. For those who don't know what the PTR is, uh, it's the public test realm. It's only available on PC. You can't do it on PS4 or Xbox One. Um, and basically, it's, it's their test servers, and it allows the public to test the game um, with new features, new balances, new characters in this case, new maps sometimes. Historically speaking, though, I will say if a character pops up on the PTR, they're usually playable within weeks. Yeah. Usually. It, I would imagine in July, Doomfist will be available. Probably, yeah, probably so. close to the Splatoon release, to be honest with you. If I had to pick a date, so, you know, Blizzard does their big updates on Tuesdays. So I would say probably the 25th right. is when he'll be moved into production uh, for everybody else to play as him. Um, if it goes incredibly well, maybe it'll be maybe the 18th. The, I was going to say, maybe the following. I early. doubt it. Yeah. I, I sincerely doubt it. I would I would expect the 25th would be the earliest date. Well, they actually see. cranked out Arissa pretty fast. They did. They um, did. She was within a week. Wasn't she not like a week in... She was probably a week. I think she was one of the shorter ones. Well, then you know, maybe they've kind of got the formula down. I don't yeah. remember the dates. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so that's that's basically it. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? No, no, guys, we covered it. This was, I will have to say, there was hardly any news, and then Doomfist drops on us, yeah. and we're like, thank God, we have something to talk about. Because normally we <laughs> record on Wednesdays, and we yeah. just, we didn't have a chance yesterday to put that together. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah, so it us, the Halo news dropped today, yeah. too, So there, yeah. and the Splatoon stuff, so lots of stuff. Uh, next week, we are going to have a central topic. We're going to be talking about local co-op games. Uh, about what they used to be like, how they kind of went away, and how they might be coming back. So please join us next week. Don't forget, you can find us at Heroes Podcasts, that's plural, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, heroespodcast.com. And we're also now on Blog Talk Radio. Yes, so we are. check us out. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to drop us a review on iTunes. We're doing a contest. John, tell them what it is. Give us a review, anything. Just leave a comment, honestly. You could say you hate us, you could say you love us, but the person that when we get to 10, we're giving away a game. So even if it's the same person leaving the same comment, that doesn't work. When we get to 10 distinct reviews, uh, we are going to randomly select one of you people to win a free game. And it'll be a good game, I promise. And we're going to wait until we pick the winner to determine what that is in case the winner only has PS4 or only has Xbox or something Absolutely. like that or only has Switch. Uh, I want to make sure that whatever we give you is something you can play. I mean, it might even be one of our <laughs> recommendations. You never know. All right, guys. So we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.